Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about mini red dots. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special discount and 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the ConcealedCarry.com Firearm Instructor Network. ConcealedCarry.com is always looking for quality firearm instructors across the country to join the network. As a network instructor, you can take advantage of ConcealedCarry.com's advertising platform to fill your classes. Visit class.concealedcarry.com and click on instructor to learn more and see if it would be a good fit for you. Again, visit class.concealedcarry.com for more information. Today, we're joined by Scott Jelinski from Modern Samurai Project. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for your time today. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. Definitely, definitely. Been a, been a uh, follower of yours for the last couple of years. Um, I know a little bit about your background, but for those listeners out there who may not know who Scott Jelinski is, uh, can you give us a little bit of your background and what the Modern Samurai Project is about? Yeah, sure. So, uh in my classes in general, I'm very clear about uh, my background and, and I stay in my lane. So non-mill, non-LE, right? Uh, what's pertinent to my class is that I'm a lifelong martial artist, right? Um, a little bit about that. So a lot of people look at my Korean eyes and my Polish last name and they get confused. So my last name is Jedlinski and that's where the Jedi nickname comes from because nobody can pronounce it because it's just confusing Korean eyes, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so lifelong martial artist starts off with Taekwondo because in a Korean household, you get disowned if you don't start with Taekwondo, right? And then wrestling, boxing, Muay Thai for the last upteenth years, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I say that because all the body mechanics that I teach in my class uh, to find the dot, track the dot, and get twice the performance with half the work, those body mechanics come from those martial arts, especially jujitsu, not a firearm class that I ever took. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my background. Uh, before I went full-time, I've uh, been doing this uh, large classes since about 2017, been kind of teaching before that privately since 2014, 2015, but, the uh, big jump has been since 2017. Before then, I was a mortgage banker for uh, for 25 years, right? And, uh, you know, I quit that just in time for COVID. <laughs> I've been <laughs> with this full time since uh, almost the beginning of the year and uh, absolutely loving it. So that's my background. That's great. I know a lot of people have gone through your uh, courses. Unfortunately, I just have not been able to uh, make our, our dates uh, correspond, but I'm hoping to make... Uh, correct that this summer if uh, COVID and everything uh, cooperates. So we'll see if I can make that happen. Come Today we're going to be talking about mini red dots. And I know every major uh, pistol manufacturer out there has a factory version that is optics ready that um, you can you can mount mini red dots from any different manufacturers out there. They're all, all the rage right now. Could you tell our listeners um, what are some of the if, if they've been underneath a rock, what are some of the advantages to a mini red dot, you know, on your pistol? Yep. Uh, so one of the things I say is that, uh, so good people have been dispatching evil people for tens of thousands of eons threat focus, right? Whether they were rocks, bows, arrows, spears, sticks, knives, hands, feet. Uh, and then we put these bumpy things on a semi-automatic pistol and then 
the way we always process information all of a sudden has to change. And we come up with all these interesting things to accommodate those three focal planes. Uh, then we come out with a technology that lets you go back to threat focus. And because we have so many reps, because because we work so hard to see one front sight with both eyes open or one target, and we do all these things to change the way our body naturally processes information. When we go back to that technology that has a first, you know, target focus, threat focus, one focal plane orientation, it feels a little weird in the beginning. Uh, but if you get the proper instruction and you let it happen, that's why the dot is so much easier to learn, to teach, to coach, and to get better. So that's the advantage of the dot over the irons. Mm -hmm. I took a class or a group of uh, concealed carriers and uh, to the range uh, just last month, and they were able to use a red dot to, you know, first time shooting a pistol at all, and they were able to at uh, 15 yards to a bang up job on hitting the target. Now they didn't have speed. They didn't have a whole lot of things, but I've definitely seen a lot better performance uh, from uh, first time shooters with a red dot than um, with irons where you have to explain the front sight and the rear sights uh, to it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I definitely think there it's the future and it's coming for all of us. Yep. Yep. 100%. In your mind, what are the disadvantages uh, for, for mini red dot? Uh, so there's price. Um, it used to be having to modify your pistol to put one on, but that's no longer a thing. So we, we have so many factory options, um, you know, uh, routinely changing your battery, but with red dots now routinely changing your battery is can be anywhere from six months to two to three years, depending on your use with it. Um, to be honest with you, the biggest, uh, pain with the red dot is convincing dogmatic people on the internet that they're just as accurate, just as fast and actually better than irons. That's the biggest pain. <laughs> and the one thing I'll say uh, from my standpoint, I've got aging eyes. Um, I've uh, looked uh, at a whole lot of iron sights and a uh, red dot is a heck of a lot easier for my eyes uh, to be able to focus on than uh, iron sights. So, so, so here's the thing, right? Of course it is, right? Because it's one focal plane, right? Mm -hmm. So for example, like, you know, uh, I don't know how old you are, right? So I just turned 50, right? So I remember my first vehicle was a, okay, yeah, so it's a, manual <laughs> transmission, okay, it's a manual transmission car, right? And mm -hmm. while driving a manual transmission car, there is just something so visceral and, and um, awesome about it. You can never argue that driving a manual car is easier than driving an automatic. I don't care how good of a driver you are, right? It doesn't matter, okay? At the end of the day, you may be a great iron sight shooter, right? But at the end of the day, you cannot argue that three focal planes is easier than one focal plane, especially since that's the way we focus information, right? Uh, then people wind up going, well, look at the great shooters out there that, that shoot irons, you know, your JJ Ricazas, your Ben Steggers, your Max Michels, your Shane Coley's, and the list goes on and on. Here's the secret people. They learned how to shoot irons, uh, target focus, threat focus, right? So for them going between irons and the dot is very minimal. Um, great example of that is my buddy, Tim Heron, same thing. It's very minimal because they shoot it all the same way. Threat focus. Since some of us aren't world champions like they are, 
Maybe we need a little technology to help us out. But at the end of the day, target focus is always better because it's one focal plane, right? And uh, it's easier, just like an automatic is easier than driving than a manual transmission vehicle. Hard stop. You can't argue that, mm-hmm. you know? If I just got rid of my manual and uh, I not, I don't miss it at all because it was a lot of miles, but it was at the same time. It was whole, I mean, all the things you do driving, you got to worry about as you're in stop and go traffic or you're, you know, you're, you're right. you've got to shift gears, you know, between uh, fifth gear and fourth gear, depending on the speed of traffic. And yeah, it's, I don't, don't miss it that at all. Yep. What's been your experience when it comes to the reliability of uh, red dots? Um, you know, assuming that we change we change the batteries on a regular basis, things like that. Do you see any problems with reliability with the name brand ones at all? No, I mean, and, and, and you know, uh, nothing's perfect. That's man made, right? Nothing's perfect, right? But I would say in 2017. I would, I have probably be about a 15 minute conversation uh, on how to install your battery, how to move the battery contacts, how to blue lock tight everything and all these other, you know, uh, ritualistic things I did so that the dot wouldn't flicker and things of that nature that worked uh, not necessary anymore. Right. Between Trijicon, hollow sun uh, Delta point and aim point, those conversations really aren't necessary. Uh, now what you have is, you know, internal battles about, you know, which is more American than the, uh, which dot is more American than the other one. You have conversations on battery life and, you know, durability. If you had to knock out a shark with your red dot, you know, but as far as, you know, just shooting the thing, in uh, in all practical purposes, it's not even worth a discussion anymore. As long as you buy from one of the top brands, being Trijicon, Hollow Sun, Loophold, um, I am a very hopeful for the Six Hour Pro, that Romeo Pro that's been out for a while, uh, and the Aimpoint Acro. Durability really isn't all of that of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, those are some of the things sometimes you, you uh, hear and wanted to make sure people understood that they are reliable out there and uh, they are definitely, uh, well, definitely uh, something instructors should all know about how to use properly and instruct their students on how to, how to do it. You know, maybe not at the same level you're teaching, but, you know, for those beginning concealed carry holders and the advanced concealed carry, be able to instruct them because people I'm seeing, just like I said last month, um, new students coming with them to class because they're, they're what people are buying in the, in the gun stores and what the manufacturers are uh, making. And, uh, sure. and they're also becoming a lot more affordable uh, three, four years ago. You know, red dots would all would almost cost you as much as the pistol did begin with, and then you'd have to modify it and do things. Now you've got factory optics that come right out, which uh, yeah, it's still a hundred, two hundred bucks more on the, on the pistol, but that's a lot better than doubling the price of the pistol. And you have it right now, and you can put the dot on right now instead of waiting a month to four months, depending on the miller, uh, to get that back to you. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. yep, most definitely. In your opinion, when instructors are going along and they are trying to teach their students uh, how to use a red dot, you know, for that beginning pistol class, different things like that, what do instructors need to know 
that that wouldn't necessarily maybe uh, maybe uh, uh, come to mind right away, you know, because we all came through iron sights. But if somebody comes up to our class and they've got a red dot, what are some of the things that instructors should realize about it that's going to be different than doing the iron sights? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is start shooting the dot a little bit, right? I think you have to be okay with letting some of the techniques that you use with iron sights go back to the wayside and start getting back to the way you naturally perform things, right? So, for example, um, if you look at one of the standard techniques of presenting out an iron sight pistol, you know, you have what I call the sideways L, right? Getting that gun up to your up to your eye line, keeping the muzzle flat, and then doing a straight out presentation, right? Uh, and that's applicable with irons because you're doing a focal shift from the target to the front sight. And the sooner you see that front sight, the sooner you can make that transition to make an accurate shot. Well, now that we're back with one focal plane shooting, it's almost as easy as pointing as long as you're not doing any extra stuff, right? Uh, I know people can't see us, but you know, that, that sideways L where, that, where it comes out and straight in a straight line out, right? Have you ever pointed like that at a thing or a person in your entire life? No, no, you've never done that, right? You just point straight up and you've been doing it your entire life. With one focal plane shooting, it gets right back to that, right? So it can be a, almost a straight line straight up to your uh, eye line, knowing though that eventually you have to level out the pistol. But when you level out the pistol, as long as it's at your optimum point of recoil control with your arm extension, when you do it, doesn't really matter right? Because it's just like pointing. Um, the other thing to realize is that if you don't do everything well, because that dot is in, uh, enclosed in a housing, uh, you're, if you don't do things well, you're not going to find the dot. So if you did your whole squat, tactical turtle, punch out, drop your head between your shoulders and look out the top of your eyes, uh, all which are mechanically incorrect in doing speed, uh, strength, and mobility, because that we saw in some cool guy do on a video, you're not going to find the dot. And you're going to be slow and you're going to be weak, right? And that's the goofy stuff I said we, that people come up with when they're trying to shoot iron sights. Um, a lot of people don't do that anymore, but they don't know why they don't do it. Uh, with the dot, you have to limit the moving axes, right? So your head is one axis, your arm moving with the pistol and the dot is another axis. Don't move anything, but your arms and your pistol, just like you would point up to your dominant eye and that dot will drop from 12 o'clock every single time. But if you go tactical turtle, squat, bend over, lock out, all these other things, you have multiple moving axes and you'll never find the dot. You'll never find the dot. Or it takes you forever to, to uh, find it and which kills you on the speed and everything. Right. And when you do, it's luck. When you do, mm -hmm. it's luck. If you limit the, the number of moving axes and just present out and, you know, what I teach is little support hand pinky pressure to drop the muzzle down, uh, the dot will drop from 12 o'clock every single time, every single time. So with that technique, what you basically did is eliminate 359 degrees of probability. And now you're ahead of the dot. And you know it's going to drop from 12. If you know it's going to drop from 12 and go exactly where you're looking, you can start working on speed and accuracy with half the work now.
So that's, mm-hmm. so that's the main thing, right? Uh, that's the main thing. Get away from all the things you had to create artificially to accommodate three focal planes and go back to the way you do things naturally while limiting the number of moving axes within your body, right? And be honest with yourself about time and, and uh, efficiency and things of that nature. Okay. That's uh, that's really good to know because uh, I've got one pistol that I've turned into, you know, with a mini red dot on it, and all those things you were talking about. Um, it took me a little bit to switch my technique from uh, red from the iron sights over to the, over to the red dot because you know I I I built my speed, built my draw, built everything on top of the iron sights, and as soon as I picked up the red dot, I was having problems finding the uh, the red dot. But I had to go along and go back through it and really realize, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Why, why are my, why are the sights not dropping down like they would on, you know, for my iron sights? And uh, that's some good, uh, good, good points there. Do you have any other um, unique stories or anything about teaching students, uh, you know, how to use use those uh, the red dots? Oh, tons of them. Um... So the main thing I will tell you for people to make progress and really shooting in general, but the thing about the dot, it's just easy. It's easier for the student to see what's going on. It's easier for me to diagnose because I can see it in one focal plane um, and I know what's going to happen. So one of the main things, especially with gun people, right? Because we're alphas. Mm-hmm. Right. And alphas think that if a little work is good, a lot of work must be much better. Right. And the, and the uh, actual act, uh, opposite is true. Right. Um, because, you know, again, we got to hunch over, we got to put our shoulders in our ears, you know, we got to look out the top of our eyes and lock out our arms and things of that nature. And I'll say, like, look, just give it a good college try what I'm telling you to do. Just try it. If for no other reason, then you can take my class and say that I was absolutely wrong. And you will be the victor of the internet for that day. Hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, The other thing where I tell them, and eventually they stop, you know, they they start doing less. They start moving, stop moving all those axes and they can't believe the performance that they get. Uh, And immediately recognizing it through the one focal plane um, advantage of the dot. And they immediately get better in that class not 10,000 reps slowly and smoothly after they leave the class, but in the class right now because of the mechanical advantage that they give. And the thing is that it's instantly recognizable by seeing the dot in one focal plane, right? Um, and, and that's, you know, and, 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 that, and that's awesome. Uh, what else? Oh, here's a great story. So I had a, uh, we'll call him a internet, social media friend, right? Personality type of guy. Great guy. I won't mention his name. So he had just uh, recently broken up with his girlfriend because he was kind of down. So I was teaching a class in LA, right? And I said, hey, man, why don't you come out, get your mind off of things and come shoot, right? You come as my guest. He was like, okay. So he's, you know, he's a good dude, former, you know, um, special operations guy. Great guy. Great guy, right? Uh, shot the class in uh, with the dot, right? picked up some things. Uh, but then when we got to my black belt standards, we got to the build drill part and he did okay with the dot. He ran it in 2.3. 
which is awesome, right? It's only three tenths of a second off of my black belt patch standards. And he goes, I know I could do it with my iron sights. And I said, go get your iron sight gun right now. Go get it right now. Go get it right now. So he went and got it. And I go, I'll let you do it again, brother. If you can get less, you get two or less of the build drill, I'll count that as good, good for the black belt patch. So let's see what you can do, right? And he did it in 2.8 with three <laughs> right? You know, that whole perception and reality, you know, the, the reality, the perception is, is that you know what's better. The reality is, is that human perception is a horrible shot timer, right? What you think is fast is actually useless and frenetic. What you think is slow is actually efficient. But when you try and be slow, you're just slow. You're just slow. But the bottom line is you're doing less with the dot. So how can that not be better? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that's, that's a really good example uh, for it because uh, I don't know if I could quite make your black belt standards yet, but um, I do know that I've, uh, as I've been training up more on my own with the uh, red dot, the better I, I get with it and the quicker I get with it also. Yeah. Yep. So. And that'd be one of the reasons why I'm going to make it to one of your classes. I want to, I want to get to that black belt standard or see where I, where I stand overall with things. Yep. Yep. Um, and for the audience out there, if you haven't heard my black belt patch standards, you know, they're on the website. Uh, they're based on jujitsu belts, right? And I say, congratulations, everybody. You're a white belt, right? So there's blue, purple, brown, and black. Uh, with the black, if you get all forced, uh, you know, phases of the standard, uh, in succession, you get a black belt patch. There's nine of them out there, eight people, one person has two. And not including myself. So. Very nice, very nice. Well, we were just talking a little bit there about your instructor class. Um, can you can you tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about what uh, you teach in your instructor course on the mini red dots? Sure. Um, so the backbone is the same as, you know, we'll call it the end user class and then we'll call it the instructor and the instructor class, right? So the instructor, the end user class is solely built on the individual's performance, right? The backbone of the drills and how I explain them is, is the same, but when we start going through the drill, so first I'll introduce a concept, we'll break down that concept, we'll drill to get to that concept, right? Um, and then, so for example, when we do that, we're all at the five yard line, right? Then when we get the concept, then we'll bring it back to the venerable seven yard line. And I give cheat codes. I'm not going to tell you what those cheat codes are to make life easy. That's my special sauce. You got to come to class to get that, right? Uh, and then when we get to the seven, I let the student do whatever mo the modality or the variables or the nuances or the different ways to get the same thing accomplished. I always offer like three ways to get the same thing accomplished, right? Uh, and let the student decide uh, what they think works best for them, right? Uh, then we burn that in, right? So if I have 10 people on the line, we're doing 10 to 15 reps, depending on when I'm happy, right? Uh, and then we do it under pressure, which is individual times. You got two tries to get it in the A zone uh, and the winner of the, with the best time with equipment being normalized, right? A, a gamer guy, uh, I take point one away. A, a concealed guy or an ALS guy is flat. 
if you've got double retention in ALS, SLS, I take point one off because you got to normalize kit, right? Some kit just you have to you have to do more things. So I'm normalizing that out. So that's the end user class, right? All building up to the um, to the uh, black belt patch, right? It's all based off of those standards because that's the uh, except for a couple of nuances in there, right? Um, if I could give a piece of advice to instructors, if, if that's okay, before I get to the instructor part, is that yeah, right? Yeah, right here. Instructors, if you have your own standards, please believe me. Students hate nothing more than going from through a two-day class with you, and then they shoot your standards, and your standards have nothing to do with what you just did for the last two days. Okay. All that means is that you want the student to fail. Please stop doing that. If you're going to have a standard, teach the standard, at least as part of your class. Okay. I'll get off my high horse now. <laughs> good, good advice, sir. Um, it's like, hey, we just studied history for two days. Awesome. Here's a geography test. <laughs> what? What? Oh. oh, you want me to fail. Just say that then. Just say that, right? Uh, so the instructor class has the same backbone. The main caveat uh, or difference, I should say, to that is instead of that, when we go back to the seven and we do the individual person can uh, decide what modality they want to use to get their most best performance, I always run two relays because in my class you learn as much when you're not shooting as when you're shooting, right? So your partner now becomes your coach, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so for example, on the draw, right, I'll just give the, I'll just name my concepts, right? I have a draw in the concept where you race to the 80% of your draw and then you just coast, modulate, decelerate into the 100 where your perfect recoil control and everything else is, right? Then there's a 90 to 10 and there's the 95-5. Well, the coach will call which one the, the, the shooter is actually going to do. What that does for the shooter is that it forces them to do things they don't want to do. For example, the super fast guy, when you tell him to do an 80-20, they start twitching because, you know, <laughs> really want to go fast, right? Uh, on the other hand, the hyper-accuracy sniper guy where everything has to be hole in hole, regardless of the distance, you tell him to do a 95-5 and it's the reverse. It's just like, no. Wyatt Earp said accuracy more important than anything. Be quiet. It's all important. Mm -hmm. All important, right? Uh, and that gets them out of their comfort zone in either extreme. And for the coach, they start matching up uh, proper performance with what they saw, right? Uh, and poor performance and non-compliance to what they saw. And then I also give... Uh, my five or six reasons of why you're not going to find the dot, which actually also applies for irons too, um, and how to see those things and how to immediately correct them. And I apply that to all the drills. So I don't call them teachbacks. I call them coachbacks. And that's mainly the difference. That's mainly the difference between the two. Okay, cool. And I'm hoping, like I said, that... I will be able to make the, uh, some classes next year on that if uh, everything uh, willing and such, so I can uh, make it and we don't get n another shutdown because of COVID. So we'll we'll see how the next couple months go. Knock on wood, sir. Knock on wood. Most definitely. Well, hey Scott, been asking guests uh, every, uh, all the guests this year, what books or what are you doing to improve yourself um, to share with the other listeners on the podcast? Yeah. So. Um you know, books, 
uh, haven't been, so I don't read books. I listen to books. I travel so much. I'm on a plane so much, right? That uh, reading books makes me fall asleep, but uh, listening to books, right? Uh, listening to podcasts, things of things of that nature, right? Um, honestly, the last couple of books that I've been listening to have been uh, dealing with marketing. Um, we talked a little bit about that earlier about some of your other guests have done that before, mm-hmm. about the nuances of uh, social media, uh, especially Instagram. Um, and looking at the metrics of where a lot of my students come from, it, it's Instagram. So people can poo-poo social media all they want, yada, yada. That just means you don't know how to market. You know what I mean? You got to do it. You, you have to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't market, then people don't know what you're selling. If people don't know what you're selling, then they're not going to go there. Right? Is there a lot of people out there with a lot of you know uh, undeserved hype? Sure. How's that different from any other aspect of your life? <laughs> you know, be better than them. Be better than them, right? Uh, understanding how and when to do all that stuff. As far as actual shooting goes, um, listening to uh, podcasts of people trying to say things just a little differently than I do, right? Even people I don't agree with. Um, I, I will tell you that I say this in my class. It's not good enough to know what is the right answer. You have to know why it's the right answer. And you have to know why the other one, like I don't like to say right or wrong. I like to say efficient and inefficient. But if someone has a counter belief in you, man, listen to them on a podcast. Listen to what they're saying, right? Um, you may find that they're looking at the same equation and coming to the same answers you. They're just saying it a little differently, right? Mm-hmm wrapped around the axle. On the other hand, they may be completely inept and you know why they're completely inept. Uh, great podcast to listen to for that. Uh, been listening to yours, right? I got to tell you, I listened, you know, the first one I listened to is my buddy, Steve Moses. He came to my class. Love that guy. Jiu-jitsu guy like me. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, Steve's a good guy. Other podcasts I listen to, uh, at least in the firearms uh, thing is uh, Arik Levy's, you know, Firearms Nation, um, John Johnston's Ballistic Radio. Um, who else do I listen to? Uh, the Gun Jitsu Podcast. A couple cops out of Knoxville, they shoot and do jujitsu. Um, to be honest with you, the most of the podcasts I listen to are jujitsu, right? Because it's really just about the way the body works and how people learn and how they train um, and how you accommodate new skills under pressure. Um, what else do I listen to? Um, Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, just because it's such a great, uh, discovery on not yeah, polar opposite views and how people think, because as an instructor, you have to learn how people think, right? Um, you have to know how to phrase things, right? If, for example, when someone comes to my AIWB class as part of the three-day class, that's site agnostic. I don't care how you're coming. It's not about the site. It's about the position, right? How to effectively draw that from that positions with your hands in uh, six different positions, right? Um, if I would come up, you know, and occasionally I get like one or two iron sight guys that come to that class, and I would go, hey, man, iron sights are dumb. You're stupid. You think they would ever listen to me about anything I say after that point? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. 
but at the end of the day, they're like, oh my God, all these red dot people are kind of pushing my stuff in here, right? Maybe I should listen to them. And then it's their idea. Mm-hmm. And it's their idea. Because I don't care how great of an instructor you are. If it never becomes the student's idea to adopt it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? I mean, think about all the internet arguments there are out there about the greatest shooters in the world say to do X, right? And everyone else is talking about point shooting. What? What? Huh? Right? You Mm got to find those communication words that resonate with them to make it their idea. Otherwise, you're you're never going to uh, teach them anything. Well, and you also have to understand those different platforms of iron sights and different things because, let's face it, um, you know, as much as we might like, you know, many red dots and such, there'll be somebody who wants to use iron sights for whatever reason. And you've got to you've got to be able to go along and, and instruct those those people also, or else you might as well go along and put on your class registration. Don't bother registering if you don't have a red dot, which I think most of us uh, wouldn't really want to do, unless of course it's a red dot class. That's what I. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know my niche. You know what I mean. Yep. Although here's the funny thing, man. I have I have uh, two classes coming up next year, which they specifically asked me for a site uh, agnostic class. And I'm like, you know, that's not really what I do, but how, how much? Uh, okay, <laughs> we're going to do this. I'm not going to change anything. You know, I'll shoot iron sights if you want me to, but I'm not changing the explanations of anything. And if it comes across, I'm going to show you the superiority of the dot. Well, that's what's coming. And they're like, awesome, do it. So funny stuff, right? Shooting is shooting. You got you got to, you got to love uh, customers like that that want you to come in and uh, do stuff and uh, and so be it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. I've I've got a few that are like that too, and it's not my preference, but hey, you're paying for it, so we go forward. To a degree, if someone asked me to do a CQB class, a hard answer would be no. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But irons in the dock. Yeah, we're going to give that a whirl, man. But I'm going to teach it the way I want to teach it, if that's all right. So yeah. Well, hey, where, where can people find out more information about Scott Zielinski and the Modern Samurai Project? Yeah, so pretty much if you put in Modern Samurai Project into any browser, I will pop up, right? Uh, as far as following me along with awesome pictures, uh, Instagram, right? Uh, then you have my YouTube channel. If you want some uh, cool tutorials out there that give about, I don't know, 60 to 70% of the secret sauce away, uh, that's there. Right. Uh, the schedule is either on modern or the modern Samurai project LLC Facebook page. And if you really want the secret sauce now and you can't wait to take a class for, with me, you go sign up at grayhive.com. That's G R E Y H I V E.com. Uh, I think it's 12 bucks a month. Uh, you'll pretty much get my entire two day class in there as, and, and how I explain it. With that, you also get cool guys like uh, Drew Estelle of Bear Solution, Blue Bear Solutions, and Garrick Swindell of um, CagWorks, and their POIs on there too. So it's a pretty good value. Yeah, uh, $12 a month, $144 a year. Um, that would definitely be a bargain for uh, yeah, getting three national level uh, instructors and their POIs. 
Mm -hmm. Very nice. That's a great, that's, that is a great tip for our listeners out there. So hopefully uh, people take advantage of that. Well, Scott, thank you for coming on, and we're going to call out a wrap for this episode, and we have a few requests for our listeners. If you have ideas, questions, or feedback, please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Visit our sponsors, Special the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage, both for you and your students. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app and leave us a rating so others know the benefits that you can receive from listening to our podcast. Share this episode on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Encourage others to listen and subscribe. Remember, we bring you this podcast to support the industry of the Second Amendment. And most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Red dots are coming, like it or not. Stay safe out there, everybody. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.